Hello, hello, welcome to the Homespun Yak. Slightly subdued because I just had a conversation off air with Mr. Hatley about uh, tons of insane conspiracy theories that I'm being <laughs> inundated with. How's it going on your end, Kyle? It's going well. I mean, um, just just also been a long day because my friends and I have been posting on this one guy's video <laughs> about <laughs> how he's a government shill <laughs> and trying to hide the real fact about how the coronavirus is spreading, but he hasn't <laughs> responded, so we've pretty much won. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you Decime Suo who wrote this guy's an it's idiot? It's my best friend. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you guys, you guys are too kind. <laughs> yeah, people oh, just my. have to keep themselves. I don't know, entertained with a purpose throughout all this to try to make it. <laughs> make sense to themselves even more than just rationally trying to look at it from a scientific point of view. I don't know. I don't know the real motivation behind that type of behavior. Well, what I can tell you is that uh, I don't know where you land. If it's if it's a Chinese-made virus, if it's a, 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 a an American-made virus, or if it's a joint effort between Got you covered the, on Ameri- <laughs> the American and Chinese governments to uh, reduce the population uh, that's or to just instill fear and some people were saying that it it escaped like they they were going to use it on on the population but they hadn't made it potent enough but it, it just happened to escape from the laboratory and therefore uh, mm. it's not as deadly as it could be because they hadn't stopped working on it yet oh okay so luckily it got out now yeah, exactly. We're fortunate. And do we know exactly how this would have gotten out? Uh, <laughs> what are the theories there? Kyle, they, they just don't, they do not go into that much detail. Oh. Probably because they have not considered it to that detail. I, Fair I, I'm enough. Literally looking at, I'm looking at his comment, and this dude is just rambling. I mean, it's just pages of information about World War One, World War Two, World War Three. <laughs> by the way, if you guys didn't know that that happened at one point, you just missed it because you're asleep, you sheeple. Yeah. And then he's talking about Catholics, and he's talking about communist China, just all over. He's the got place. everything covered. Oh, he's, all well, the controversial he have, topics. He doesn't have everything covered because, like I said off air, there's one guy talking about Batman, talking about praise be to God. And all kinds of other stuff. Like he was, he was legitimately bringing in superhero characters, and just I, I could not understand a word of what he was saying. He was just like Batman, Robin, Iron Man, like uh, just random stuff. And then he just ended it with, uh, "Praise be to the Almighty God." Could be code. Yeah, could be. That's I hadn't considered that. Yeah, could be. Because yeah. you don't think outside the box. <laughs> like these guys. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think outside. The box. Speaking of outside the box, what are some ways Go that uh, you're passing the time during this lockdown? Being creative, uh, you drawing, you coloring. What are you doing? <laughs> I've never been good at coloring books. 
<laughs> I could never stay within the lines. Well, here's here's a time to try. <laughs> here's a time to do something a four year old can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've 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 literally just been studying for my qualifying exam. I've been reading, been reading actually, oh, which is a topic I want to discuss later about a particular book that I'm going through. Okay. And uh, aside from that, going for walks, trying to stay sane, yeah. trying to be in nature, cough on people whenever I get near them. Yes. Um, you know. How about yourself? I've yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of walking because still can't okay. run. Where to so. copy me? I uh, know. Well, it seemed like a good answer. Um, <laughs> and aside from that, I've been cooking a lot more. Obviously, you can't go out. You can do a lot of takeout to support your local restaurants. If you if you have the uh, resources to do that, please do. But you can also get creative in the kitchen, and uh, this is a time to use those foods that maybe you otherwise would have wasted. That's okay. So what are a few things that you've cooked? Oh, simple things. Um, toast? Toast, actually did this morning, yeah. I did, okay. a com- <laughs> did, did a combo of raspberry jam and peanut butter, which was nice. Ras- raspberry, you- sorry. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to say. Raspberry. <laughs> raspberry. <laughs> raspberry jam. <laughs> Uh, yeah, doing a lot of eggs, a lot of bacon, um, a lot of grilled chicken. Eggs and bacon. Oh, together, That's yeah. quite the combination. Together, sometimes uh, on. I don't think anybody's ever done that. Sometimes on toast. <laughs> on toast? <Yeah. laughs> Whoa. Man. Um, a lot of yogurt, or yaourt, as the French would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, trying to perfect... Uh, the steak on the stove top. Okay. And, uh, and how's that going? Pretty good. Um, I am hopefully going to get a cast iron skillet soon because I'm becoming obsessed with those. Why? Just because I feel like you can make the perfect steak on it. Okay. And just being very bored, that's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like next episode you're going to be educating to us about how how everyone should have a cast iron skillet. Wouldn't be a bad plan. Uh, I think it's a far superior method when it comes to steak than your uh, your uh, typical grill, propane or ah. charcoal. <laughs> propane or charcoal. Wow, I'm actually surprised. Uh, Hank Hill would have something to say about that. Um, yeah, he would. But... I beg to differ. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. So steak is, uh, what kind of steak are you doing? Like ribeye, New York? New York. Or New York. <laughs> okay. All right. New York strip <laughs> is, uh, it's a good balance between, you know, high lean uh, content and a little bit of fat too. Because with ribeye for me, it's just a little too much fat. It's very okay. tasty, but a little too much fat. And then you have your, uh, what's the cut? Um, Filet. That's all. Filet. Zero fat on that, which is good too, but the fat gives it a little extra flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often do you have steak though? Not often. I mean, 
then don't you want that high fat stuff you want to yeah make it a make it a make it a an event right. an american <laughs> exactly. event don't be an american light kind of now well you got to get the mashed potatoes in there the mac and cheese right. all the good right. sides <laughs> no but i've actually been uh i don't i haven't really been super consistent but i i was thinking about becoming more consistent with intermittent fasting and wanted oh. to see you know, I know there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, right. What is that? Yes. And, and maybe now it's a good time to switch over to you. What is oh. intermittent fasting and what are the benefits and why oh God, Why I, would or should someone do it? Or is it for was, everyone? Was... <laughs> well, uh, if you are anorexic, I would not recommend that you do intermittent fasting. So that's that's a disclaimer right there. Uh, well, actually, like, why are you interested in doing intermittent fasting? Um, I don't know. Just I guess with this whole um, situation we find ourselves in, uh, you want to maybe you have a little bit more time to explore different. I don't know methods of living. Um, yeah. So it's always been a topic that you know has been floated between a lot of different people that I listen to on podcasts like Sam Harris. Uh he might have mentioned it before. I know that he does podcasts with Peter Atia who talks about it a lot. Oh yeah. Um Ben Greenfield, Joe Rogan, uh, all these people. Yeah, so Right. Um I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's it's for everyone, but I don't think it could hurt to to at least try it. But I'd like to know a little bit more about how it might affect me. Yeah, yeah. Intermittent fasting's uh, interesting. I did it for a, a long time. As a matter of fact, I do it every time I'm losing weight, mm. um, just because it's for me. It's it's much better to to kind of put everything backload all my food because I, I don't mind skipping breakfast I don't care about yeah. uh, having breakfast so if I can skip that and push my lunch then you know it's you can you you can do that lean gain style of 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of consuming the food right but um, I keep pushing it like as I as I get leaner and leaner I have to cut my calories more and more so I keep uh, decreasing my feeding window uh, so eventually I get down to like four hours, which I don't know if you ran across this when you were looking into it, but like the warrior diet, which is essentially a 22 hour fast and a two hour eating window. Um, that's, that's Ooh. one of the more extreme. No, ones. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a pretty, well, not a huge one. I think the lean gains one, the 16 by eight one is probably the, the more, uh, popular one. There's also Eat Stop Eat by Brad Pylon. I want to say um, that's well. It's kind of weird to say it. Oh, it's by Brad Pylon, but I think that the term Eat Stop Eat, where you eat one day, then shockingly you don't eat the ah. next day, and then you you eat again. Then you know it's just like in uh, every other day you consume food. So that's another way of going about it. But yeah, I mean fasting for for like weight loss is is effective ultimately it still comes down to calories in calories out right um, i've got a lot of a lot of thoughts on that mm. um but uh 
Yeah, I also read some studies on if you've ever heard of fasting mimicking dieting. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, what is this? There's a there's a researcher in I want to say California that by the name of Walter Longo that uh, came out with a, a paper and then has come out with subsequent papers showing the benefits of a fasting mimicking diet, um, which is a diet which mimics fasting. So essentially you get the benefits of fasting, but you still get to eat a little bit of food. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty restrictive. Like you're eating like 600, 700 calories a day, but it's only for five days. And a lot of the benefits are don't actually just happen during the fasting phase the the fmd phase fasting mimicking dieting phase but also are conferred for like months afterwards so and this was shown in mice but it was also shown in a pilot study in humans as well so a lot of different benefits like changes in immune function changes in obviously weight uh without much or any loss to lean mass um uh, cardiovascular markers, brain markers, like all kinds of different things. They, this study was wide-reaching and did a ton of different things um, and looked at a bunch of different factors. So that was really, really interesting. Um, I'd like to see more research on that particular topic. But the idea being that with fasting, you would get the same benefits. It's just that this kind of curbs it a little bit so that it makes it a little bit easier to, to stomach right. fasting. right. Huh. Interesting. I mean, aside from the fact of using it as, you know, because I've talked to people who've done it and they're like, yeah, I started to lose weight pretty quickly. And that's the reason that I did it. But outside of that, I mean, if you feel like you're in a good weight zone, um, a healthy range, what would be like, are there mental benefits to doing it? Like neurological benefits or I don't know what else, what other effects are as major um, as just losing weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this study, if I'm going to, to this, uh, this big study by Walter Longo, which again, I mean, just because science scientist in me has to say like, you know, we, we got to replicate some of this stuff even beyond just his laboratory. But I will say the paper was published in a highly, highly reputable journal, Mm. um, cell metabolism, I think. So one of the, one of the biggest journals in the world. Um, so if people ended up, if I were to equate FMD to again, fasting, mimicking, dieting to just straight fasting, um, the benefits that they saw, and some a lot of this data is in mice again, um, because they, they can't exactly kill humans and then check their brain. Um, so uh, some of this is, is going to depend on if it actually happens in, in humans. Usually there's a pretty decent carryover, but in terms of the effect size of how much of an actual change or how much of an actual benefit can vary from species to species. But um, in mice, when they looked at the brain, so they would uh, fast these mice just like they did the humans. And then after five days, uh, they would sack them, sacrifice them, so kill them, and then take their brain and then slice it up into little slices. And then they check 
for any changes. And then they did this again, I believe, if I remember correctly, seven days later. Uh, so they had a time point for before they had before the fasting, they had a time point for uh, right after the fasting period. And then they had another time point for seven days later. And they found that the a particular region of the brain known as the hippocampus, which you may you may be familiar with it because of uh, of why we sleep. I know you, you went through that book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hippocampus is the, the part where short term memory uh, or working memory uh, is is a is a big player, and they found that they there was neurogenesis that occurred in uh, that area of the brain. Um, however, so meaning that there are more brain cells uh, than than before. Uh, however, if I what I think is that th- I think they checked other areas of the brain as well, uh, like the limbic system and a bunch of other areas, and they found. Uh, I don't think any differences. So it seemed to be specific. The benefits seem to be specific to the memory center of the brain. Now, of course, with the hippocampus, you need that translation of neurons to then communicate to other areas of the brain, more higher order areas of the brain, like the cerebrum, which is what people are most familiar with, with that the largest region of the brain is the cerebrum. So hippocampus is is a really small area of, of the brain. So translate if that actually translate to longer or better memory we don't actually know that but we did see actual scientists saw morphological changes in the uh, cells the neurons that were that were in that area of the brain so i mean it's compelling evidence it'd be interesting to see how that follows up in terms of yeah of uh brain development mm. very interesting yeah so if you end up uh doing the whole fasting what so what were you thinking about doing like what how how many hours were you thinking about fasting um for 16 okay yeah yeah Yeah, right um and you said other people have tried it before as well yeah i've 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 spoken to a few people who've tried it and um you know they mentioned that they just they just felt better and well, the primary statement was I lost weight pretty quickly, um, just felt better overall, a little bit more maybe mental clarity. And I didn't know if that, you know, would translate directly because of that or if it was just like a placebo effect or if there was potential like positive benefits associated with um like longevity or cell rejuvenation because of intermittent fasting or something like that but i don't know why i I immediately went there with it but yeah um i don't know just just bored and trying to (laughs) change it up (laughs) with something like more not you know something more positive um or at least more focused on health i guess yeah right yeah um yeah it'd be it'd be cool to like run a study where like with your injury for example how how fasting might affect um injury rates um they showed in in mice that the bone density was 
uh, not negatively affected by fasting, which I guess isn't too much of a surprise because bone remodeling takes like a year. Yeah. Um, so it, it takes it takes a really long time, but yeah, it's it's an interesting concept, uh, and it's definitely taken the it's been all the rage, mm-hmm. uh, especially with like autophagy being thrown into the mix. People people love the word autophagy, especially when it's linked to fasting. They're just like, I'm going to fast all the time to autophagize, <laughs> which isn't even a word, but they, they just, they really get excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. People, people get pretty, uh, zealous about that as well. Um, I've had, I've had people ask me like, okay, Hey, so I have fibrotic tissue in like my leg or something like that. They're like, can I just use autophagy i'm like okay sure you just go ahead and use the autophagy like it like it's just some some switch you turn on and uh it'll just clear up all all the the fibrotic tissue in your leg no problem problem. yeah (laughs) yeah i I don't know i guess i guess with everyone being well not everyone but most of the population being at home and having to change their I don't know, not change, but maybe reassess their health, I guess, is the biggest thing a lot of people are doing right now. You think so? I don't know. I've seen like a, an insane amount of people on trails now. Oh, yeah. But I guess that's more just like it's the only place you can go for outdoor exercise maybe. Um, right. Or just to get your kids out. so i I don't know i don't know if this is gonna cause everybody to you know make a positive change with their health Mm -hmm. you know physical health anyway um because with all this time on your hands you know it's easy to translate that into you know, positive activity or negative. It's well easier to do negative activity with with a lot of time in your hands. But I don't know. Sex addiction. Sex addiction. Uh, food addiction. TV addiction. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, and it just so, seems like everybody's. It maybe it's more just social media is what I'm getting, which could be a very false picture of reality because people are suddenly posting when they go out yeah. on the trail for the first right, time right right like hey guys i'm so active look at my workout routine <laughs> and like let me show you what i do and yeah i don't know i i guess people are just bored and want to be positive i guess is the big thing but yeah where were you when where you, were uh, you before this <laughs> when when you uh when you go out walking and stuff do you notice that people actually give you a, a, a large berth like a, oh my god they, they walk way around you yeah it's crazy <laughs> some people are just like sort of a normal thing and like no one's yeah. actually on the trail it's like you're on uh, the side they're you're on both sides of the like the trail is yeah. the buffer right right <laughs> the paved trail anyway yeah and uh, some people will like, I, I don't know, you come, up, you come up on a turn and someone's coming and they'll just like 
go six feet and stop and wait for you to yep. go by and then they'll go. Just like, yeah. come on. <laughs> like when it first started so, happening, I would just like stare at them as they're like going by. And nobody's looking. Nobody makes eye contact anyway, so you can stare at no, people. No, they don't. No, that's true. That's so true. And I was like, really? I had, yeah, I, I had I had a lot of those experiences when I was walking around the neighborhood. It's like it's like. <laughs> Like I don't know what they expect is gonna happen. Like I'm just gonna be walking by. Hey, no! <laughs> why'd you say hey to me? <laughs> just, just <laughs> cough all over them, right in that moment. Yeah. Oh, good. It's gracious. definitely weird. I mean, I get, I get it, I guess, but. Oh no, just, I get it too. Just weird. I mean, is this thing bringing people closer together or further away? I mean. I don't know. Yeah. Like, are people going to be more like a community toward one another, or are they going to be like every man for themselves kind of thing? I, I still haven't really figured the vibe out. You know, I haven't either. Because uh, when it comes to like everybody's like stay home, stay home, it seems like, you know, we're, we're doing that to help the healthcare system and to help the people that are potentially going to get affected uh, the most by this, you know, be life threatening. But. On the other hand, yeah, you're right. Like, look, look for example, at the toilet paper crisis. <laughs> like, <laughs> people are like, I need the toilet paper. And they just started stocking up and taking like six crates of it, you know, <laughs> just insane amounts of toilet paper. And it's just like, fuck everyone else. Yeah. I still don't know how that became the priority. Uh, I don't know. Did you? I don't know if you sent me this or someone else, or maybe I saw it somewhere. But apparently, it started in Australia. Uh, some person was was just hoarding toilet paper, and it just kind of became a thing. Hmm. I don't know the legitimate legitimacy of of that claim, but it's it's weird. It's still shelves are empty at places. Yeah, I know. I have yet to have bought toilet paper, though. <gasps> Maybe it's because I haven't had coronavirus <laughs> yet. Yeah, you'll you'll use it once you get it. Yeah, <laughs> just start blowing through it. <laughs> My ass is on fire. <laughs> Damn, Corona. That's one of the symptoms. <laughs> Anal seepage. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh so you said you're reading books though. What what are you reading? I just finished uh a book. It only took me a few hours. Brat, not brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Humble brag. Um humble brag, yeah. It was only like a hundred something pages, but it was called You read where the wild things are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a book report, homeschooled. I'm homeschooled right now. Um, yes. And uh, I read a book called Tribe okay. by Sebastian Junga. Okay. okay, thank you. Thank you for the correct pronunciation. What's it on? Um, he's just talking about how... Um, basically the tribal mentality that uh, people experience during 
wartime in particular. And mm-hmm. he was talking, and it's kind of relevant to now um, where, you you know, a nation or a group of people go through a traumatic experience and how it actually bonds them closer together rather than you would think like would cause severe trauma or just a breakdown in their society. It actually enables them to work together a lot closer as a community and how that's a universal human trait. Um, So he gives a lot of examples like 9-11, how um, in New York City especially, suicide rates plummeted um, like the three months following 9-11 and how there's just a huge sense of community and there's less violence and um, everybody was united in that tragedy kind of and came together in a positive way. Um, he talks about PTSD rates um, in different societies. Like he would, he would talk about um, like Native Americans never had like cases of PTSD because the way that their society was set up was like they're always kind of the warriors always had a role like they would come back and they would automatically be um, reintroduced into society as something that they were doing before like being a hunter or whatever I mean they always just had a role and he's his argument is the biggest thing you know, why PTSD rates here have gone up because like they soldiers feel like what's my purpose, you know, anymore after they've come back from war. It's like, how am I, how am I relevant now after I've just shared this crazy experience, um, with this close knit family? Now it's like, you know, you're telling me, thank you for my service, but I don't really actually have a service anymore. Like I don't have a job. I don't feel, you know, that's the biggest thing is like more of a societal issue. Um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely an interesting read for sure. Yeah. sounds like it. I didn't actually expect that. I thought of tribes as, I was thinking of it like a negative thing. And he talked, um, yeah, he talked a lot about um, Native, like Native Americans. He opens up with how in the 1800s and well, actually as far back as the 1600s when European settlers were coming over um, from like Spain and England uh, to the United States, <clears throat> when they would encounter tribes, sometimes it would go badly and then they would capture a bunch of people and take them as prisoners or they would integrate them into their tribe, their Native American society. And, you know, months or years would go by and then the settlers would build up their resources and, you know, attack that tribe or force them to return the people that they've stolen. And in pretty much an overwhelming numbers, the white people that they got back were like, I, I want to go back to this tribe that took me initially because life here blows compared to that. (laughs) He had so many people leaving voluntarily, you know, the Western societies 
right. um, to go live with Native American tribes because they would often just take them in as a part of their community because they would have a job and they would contribute and it was more communal. Um, yeah. And they were just free. There was like no status. They were free to do whatever they want. Whereas when they were just in their normal society, it's like if you're a woman, like this is your role, this is your place, you can't do this, that, whatever. There, they're like, why would I leave this? This is this is awesome. I get to do whatever right. I want, basically, and nobody's judging me, and it's everybody's like helping one another out. And they had no cases of Native Americans joining in. <laughs> Western society to be like, yeah, I, I want to join you guys. Yeah. So that was something that he kind of broke down a lot, which is really interesting too. But it's like yeah. 130 something pages. I mean, it's a fascinating, easy read. Reminds me a bit of a uh, brave new world with the, did you ever read that? Um, I don't, I don't think I did. Was that Aldous Huxley? Yeah, it was. I don't think I read that, no. My my dad thinks it's one of the greatest books of all time, but I strongly disagree. <laughs> it's it's a it's a uh I well, it's a terribly written book. Okay. That's that's the bottom line. But during it the it's it does kind of create this world of this kind of utopian world which is supposed to be like this european style world and then the one of the characters or a few of the characters end up seeing the other side the kind of tribal uh style of life and they end up questioning some of their uh some of their utopian style because of exactly what you described um where they felt more free <clears throat> in yeah. particular instances because of of the the tribal nature the communal nature that was experienced then but that's that's of course fictional and right. yours is based on actual facts yeah it seems really interesting though yeah it's cool to to have that positive sense on tribalism because there is certainly a, a negative trait like mm -hmm. the whole nationalism idea or patriotism right yeah um but it's cool to hear some some examples of uh, tribalism that are that are beneficial, yeah. especially the nine eleven thing. I did not know that suicide rates went down and crime went down. Oh yeah, it was like a direct result from that because there was like a they were united in that one terrible thing that happened, and sometimes that has to happen in order for people to really appreciate one another and become a little bit more of a community. Yeah, kind of raises the question of could we save more people that are suicidal if they just felt like they were integrated and yeah. felt like they had they a had place a purpose, in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then that, this kind of shows that, yeah, you probably could because, it, you know, they go on about, you know, he interviewed people who survived um, the Blitz in London during World War Two, And they're like, some, like a lot of the people were like, yeah, it was horrifying times and you thought you never knew if you were going to die but you were all down there together and you didn't know the people but you were bonded over this shared experience and one guy was like i just wish like one day a week we had the blitz 
like this yeah. is after the fact and he's just like i don't know i just never felt that rush and that i don't know everybody was like together on something and like yeah. people were like what are you talking about but it's just like you just had to be there to really experience it because they thought everybody was just gonna like obviously stop going to work and just be pure pandemonium the the government thought before the blitz happened and they were they were wrong i mean if anything people carried on as normally as possible right so it's just it's just strange yeah but there's definitely tribalism like you said now where you have you know far right far left if you're not on this side then f you and oh oh yeah all this stuff so yeah for sure or i mean even even with this covid-19 thing like people are people are being very particular about like what constitutes social distancing and yeah. and you know they kind of shame others for not being socially distant to the to the degree that another person finds it you know it's which i guess you're just you're you're going to have some level of that mm-hmm. but i think overall it's been pretty remarkable how many people have uh stuck to staying indoors and staying separate and things like that and the number of stories of people helping each other yeah yeah it's interesting to see how people have i don't know just how far things have escalated so quickly how people have reacted and now they're reacting a different way you know at the outset and now it's like everybody's pretty much on the same page that you know this is a lot more serious than we thought and it's probably a good idea to stay confined for a little while where a lot of people are like oh it's cool i'm gonna go to spring break or yeah we've got it under control it's not a big deal it's a hoax aka the president um and now i don't know it's just it's just funny to me that you know, they passed the stimulus package, which is great for a lot of people. Mm. Um, but people don't realize that's a socialist um, <laughs> policy, you know? It's like a socialist sort of thing, which is a lot of people just straight off the bat assume socialism is the worst thing in the world. They just hear the word and they associate it with negativity, but it just comes back to the communal thing i mean it doesn't have to be every single aspect of your life and society that you have to share with other people but i mean this is is in a sense a socialist policy sharing all this money with everyone and nobody's going to turn that down yeah i've seen a lot of memes about that yeah where where people are like all the republicans and trump supporters are going to have to (laughs) turn down this twelve hundred (laughs) dollars turn it down Turn it down. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's helping everybody. It's another sign of that communal thing. And that's, I'm not advocating for like, we need to be a socialist country, but in some ways, you know, it's not bad to share the wealth as far as times like this, as far as education, as far as healthcare. I mean, I think everybody should at least have the opportunity 
to have those, to, to be at the same level initially anyway, and what you do with it is up to you, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am curious. I, I do think it's it would be incredibly hypocritical if people who don't believe in socialism end up taking that $1,200. That seems like, I think every political post you post after that, if it's in any way denigrating socialism yeah. and people like the, the best rebuttal was like, <laughs> did you take the 1200? Cause if you did, <laughs> like you, you really you need were, to shut yeah, the fuck up. You were a part of a socialist policy. Yeah. Cause the idea of like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and just trudging forward, like this is a prime example of the, in certain situations, people are just screwed. Yeah. There's there's no, how, how are you going to pull yourself up by the bootstraps when your job has fired you because they literally cannot hold on right. to you, regardless of how great you are. You may be the best person ever in that job, but they still have to get rid of you because they can't pay you. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. And there's the, that's, that's when the government comes in. That's the point of government. Yeah. to help you out in scenarios where you just are screwed regardless. And I don't know if if people think that education and healthcare should be a basic human right, then let's make the government pay up on that too. Mm. I don't know. It's not yeah. a crazy. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and and I don't know. It, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how policies like these kind of play out from going forward i mean if everybody's accepting this now i mean this is kind of just a uh, i don't know uh, a glimpse to what you know bernie sanders was talking about in a lot of his policies yeah yeah if only uh man i wonder if this had hit like four months prior how this might have affected the primaries. Oh yeah. Like if he if he would have if he would have had more support or I don't know, like something along those lines. That would have been interesting yeah. to, to to see. Yeah. I also think that the twelve hundred dollars they should have they should have figured out a way to adjust for for where people live. Cause I mean there's a difference between living in like right. I don't know. New York City and uh, yeah, New York City compared to bumfuck nowhere in <laughs> North Carolina. I mean, I know, I know. It does not equate to your standard no. of living. If you're in LA or if you're in Dunn, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's a, that's a good example. <laughs> that's a really good example. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just across the board. I don't know. I don't. I don't know when they're going to start rolling in to the mailboxes, but I imagine pretty soon. Yeah, I'll take down my Trump flag for a day. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I shamelessly walk over to my. Well, now you know you can put it right back. Go take it right to the gun range. <laughs> oh yeah take that twelve hundred dollars buy you some more ammo oh i promise you i promise you you're gonna have some republicans that think that they're being so intelligent 
and they're gonna they're gonna take that twelve hundred dollars. They're gonna buy a gun. They're gonna do exactly what you just said, <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "Guess what I did with my twelve hundred American and then they're jobs. gonna show off. Yeah, they're gonna <laughs> show off this like new shotgun they got or something like that. And they're gonna think they're so badass and so incredible <laughs> and so intelligent for having spent the twelve hundred dollars. They'll be like, "I don't need no socialism." Nope. Mm-mm. No. This going right in my gun safe to never be touched again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it. I mean, the 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 people that do believe in pick yourself up by your bootstraps, like this is a prime example of something that you, it is. You you need to be putting away money all the time, right? All the right. time, and not just for retirement, but like just in general for emergency funds, like like this kind of yeah. situation, and. It's not it's, only going to affect the way people look at their health. It's going to affect the way people look at their bank accounts and manage their money, hopefully. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> but, I mean, on on the other hand, like, if you do work a minimum wage job, like, like we have to be completely realistic. We're talking about human beings here. We can't expect <laughs> people to, to work their ass off. And I know that some and people slack, but, like... Yeah, and not spend any of it. Like, yeah. just straight to the bank, and I'm saving all my money. And from the ripe old age of 16, when I started working, or, you know, whatever whatever age it is, and then they're just, yeah. for the rest of their lives, they're just putting away money. Like, yeah. we're not robots. Like, you you need people to also enjoy their life. Yeah. And it, I, I think that's another aspect of socialism or, or a, a quasi-socialism that might that does offer some some reprieve that you you have some money and yeah you get taxed more or whatever it might be but ultimately you you feel You're like not oh be i don't have to put... by a medical bill exactly yeah. yeah exactly where you feel like you have some freedom to explore other areas of your life even even if you're a minimum wage worker for for a time yeah and to go off of that i think a, a lot of people will now realize you know, like you said, if they're working minimum wage or they just can't save that much, um, they'll realize now what they can actually live without, that they can act have extra money. Like, do you need eight different subscriptions to, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Hulu Netflix, yeah, HBO Disney Go, Plus, yeah. Disney Plus, YouTube Plus, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. probably don't need Red that. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't. Well, don't go too far. But we, <laughs> we, we probably don't need that to survive. And people are, you know, realizing, you know, maybe I don't need to go get coffee from this place every single day. I can just make coffee yeah. at home and save money that way. I mean, people are going to realize that, you know, like, I can go without these things, but for how long, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think you don't have it, to, go- but you know, it'd probably be, it's better to realize that now just so that, you know, going forward. Oh I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, and just having a situation where a quasi socialist system where you, you get, sure you get money if you're struggling, but it's not enough money to thrive or anything like that. It's just enough to survive, so that you do still have these thoughts and where you're like, well, I don't want to just survive. I want to actually have some comfort in my life. I want to have some something to strive for. So, um, you know, like a perfect example is this twelve hundred dollars. Like, is that 
is that going to make anybody rich? No, it's not. It's just barely going to get people by, if that. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you start thinking from going in, into the future, if we end up in a situation like this again, and you do get your minimum amount from the government, and then you, you on top of that, have savings, uh, then, you know, it helps. It actually helps to a point where you're like, okay, this is actually beneficial, as opposed to, I'm just barely scraping by. Right. This is uh, basically this rent now. Yeah, exactly. And then all the people are postponing rent like 10 to 20 days. And it's like, okay, but people are just going to go more and more into debt now. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how that helps. Yeah. Postponing it <clears throat> isn't going to do much because they like, let's say again, if you're working a minimum wage job and to, people can't say like, well, just get a better job. Like, okay. Like <laughs> shit, shit's not that easy. Like this job market is not about just like, well, it's supply and demand and all that. Yeah, I get it. But like some people just don't have the luxury of just quitting their job and finding a better job yeah. and constantly moving up the, 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 the ladder. But I mean, yeah, if, if, if you just end up postponing rent, like you said, people are still going to go into debt because they, they're not making any money during that postponement. It's not, right. it's not like you're postponing like, rent. Oh, and just give just, me 10 more days. I'll have it in 10 days. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. No, you, exactly. You're not going to have it in 10 days. <laughs> You can have the exact same amount of money, a little bit less. Because now, the whole month of April now, it's a wash again. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just gone now for everybody. Yeah. So, I don't know. (laughs) 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 Not to bring it down, but shit. (laughs) Dude. It is true. Now you say it it out loud. Yeah, it's crazy to say. I mean, that's... A whole because we didn't even go through the whole month of March with all this yet. Yeah. We went through like two weeks. It's felt like a month. Yeah. It has. But by April is gonna be the whole month. Like, I don't know. People people are getting creative and you know, finding ways to stay occupied, but just gotta just gotta realize we're in it for quite a while. Oh yeah. Man, Euro, Euro Cup know. got moved back a year. Olympics got moved back. Right. Premier League season might be canceled if they can't start it in June. Yeah. Then it's they might have to just complete do a wash, which would be insane because Liverpool needed only six more points. That's two wins to win the league. They had 12 games left. Right. Liverpool have never won the Premier League before. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's been so they've won the English they've won the league before. But ever since it became the Premier League in 1990, they've never won. They dominated in the 80s. They've won the Champions League last year. And they were just blowing it out of the water this year. It was like, all right, six more points, they win the league. Yeah. And uh, if they if they if they say that this whole season is negated, I mean Liverpool might just remove itself from England as a city <laughs> because just how rabid the fans are there, 
and everybody outside of Liverpool, it would be the greatest moment of their life because everyone <laughs> hates Liverpool in England. Um, Why? I don't because I've I've gotten a lot of reasons. Um, because in the eighties and seventies, they were like the the greatest team in Europe consistently on a club level. They won like so many league titles, so many European Champions Leagues, um, and they just rubbed it in everyone's faces for so long. And uh, that's a big reason. Um, I don't know. They just have a, apparently a mentality like we're better than you. And so everyone is pretty much mutually aligned in the fact that we don't want Liverpool to win anything uh, anymore. So they've been successful for 30 years, at least in the domestic side of things. Um, but my, But it would just be so bad. It would be just so heartbreaking for the city. And then just, I feel like a little bit unfair because it was inevitable that they were going to win. Um, they would have had to have lost like every game and then Man City would have had to won, had to have won out every single game for them to lose the league. And I don't know. It's just insane how, how this has impacted a lot of different sports and we don't yeah. we're still uncertain about how things could finish if we're just going to scrap it all together when things are going to start again i mean just no sports for a while that's pretty crazy i've just been watching a lot of like reruns of stuff <laughs> like right. i've already yeah. got to that level where i'm just watching highlights of old matches <laughs> yeah yeah, the Bucks were going to win the NBA championship. You know? I know, no you know, doubt. Yeah, they were so far ahead of They're everyone that there was no chance for anyone. So, well, uh, what I are they saying Liverpool. about in NBA? Is that just over now until next year? Or no, no, no. They're they're uh, they're cons- so. There's a few different options. One, they're thinking about like once things die down, that they'll just continue the 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 uh, season and it'll just run late um another option is that they're just going to go straight into the playoffs playoffs <laughs> um and or uh they might end up playing the playoffs in two cities only so that they can you know monitor uh how how things will will work out and whatnot so just have all the teams play uh, in in two cities, just to to be able to kind of quarantine the NBA in a manner of speaking, um, but I I don't know if that's going to fly. Yeah. I think ultimately they'll probably end up either delaying and then just playing their last like eighteen or twenty games later on in like a month or two, or uh, they'll just skip straight to the playoffs. Yeah, I saw a thing where LeBron was saying. Um how much time they needed in order to be game ready. Yeah. I couldn't remember what he said, but it was, a. I mean, it makes sense, but just might not have that time. No, no, I, I, I don't think that they will. Um, I think ultimately, but I mean, granted, everybody's on the same page. So, yeah. you know, if yeah. you're not game ready, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to play 
your first uh, series. I mean, you're playing your first series against a technically bad team. Yeah. So you you got four four to seven games right there to warm up before you get into a, a really good team. Yeah. And uh, UFC is still trying to <laughs> make make a fight happen. Oh really? Yeah. Who? Um this guy Khabib. Oh yeah. Khabib Nikovnov. <laughs> yes. Okay. Against this guy Tony Ferguson, which they've tried to make this fight happen four times. Wow. And now that this is whole situation's going on, everybody's like, Of course. Of course. Um yeah. I don't know what's what the deal is. There, you know how much money they'd make off that. I know. I mean, because people would be so bored, they would they would do anything to watch anything that's going on live. Like, I think they'd make so much money on that. People would be like, "Ah, oh, I mean, they can't." Obviously, they'd also make so much money because nobody can go over to each other's houses. <laughs> yeah. To, to watch yeah. it together to pay for one pay per view. I know. <laughs> oh man, that's so that's a, if they can that's pull it off, insane. and if all the fighters agree to fight, you know, I think there's right. still people that are like, I'm not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh snap! That's not. But it would be like that'd... it'd be like five people, the ref, the two fighters, and that's it. And, and I don't know where they would do it. Their corners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're corners, maybe. Well, I guess they don't really have corners, do they? It's oh, a, they do. It's an octagon. Well, they have, yeah, they have like a team of guys that I don't know if they can come in the ring or not, but they're posse. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, I mean, right. it would be interesting to see if they can pull it off. I, I mean, I don't see why not, to be honest. Like, it's so few people, and... I mean, if if they get infected, like, and they just end up quarantining themselves in the end, anyways. Yeah. How? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you shouldn't fuck around with the coronavirus, but I do still think that the odds would be pretty low. Yeah, it's supposed to be for April eighteenth. Hmm. Do you know where? Uh, let's see. It's supposed to be in the Barclays Center, which I think is in New York. Okay, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I don't think it's... I mean, if it's New York, I don't think so. If you had said something like Little Plains uh, Amphitheater in Montana, then I would have I would have seen how that's possible. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's just people are Dana White's trying to change the location and find like a, an event where it would be sanctioned and approved by all these people and who right. the hell knows. Well, it's not like they can have an audience anyway, so Yeah, that's true. One guy said, "May I suggest the GW Zoo in Wynwood, Oklahoma?" <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've seen Tiger King or not. 
I have not. Okay, but, but you've seen the memes. Everybody's and talking about yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's that's where w- one of the zoos. Well, that's where I the know tiger Karen, kings, whatever her name is, Carol whoever, is is <laughs> murdered her husband. We know that. I know that. Well, we, don't know sure. we don't know for we sure. We don't know. We know it, Kyle. Everybody's everybody's sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most insane thing I've seen in a while. Just really, yeah. Just how the guy making the documentary, like it starts out. I won't ruin it, but he starts out like at this place where people are buying these reptiles, and this guy's like, "Of course, they're in Florida." And the guy's like, hey, let me show you something. And he, like, pulls his van door open. There's a snow leopard in the van. And he's like, how? He's like, wait a minute. How? Why do you have a a leopard? And he's like, no, it's this leopard. It's way more rare than the snow leopard, which is like an endangered species. Right. And, uh, And the guy that was doing this one thing, he was like, wow, like, let me like go down the rabbit hole of all these people who are selling lions and big cats in the United States. And it turns out to be just a crazy road of discovery. This guy goes down and it leads him to the wildest characters that you've ever seen is really fascinating. And um, I may have to check it out. It's very, yeah, it's, it's fascinating and it's like pretty eye opening about because there's only like three or four thousand tigers in the wild on earth right. i can't remember the number but there's like ah uh, i don't want to like misquote um it's okay we'll hold you to it yeah um Kyle is slowly typing slowly. on Google. <laughs> we can't see him, but he's definitely pretending to think about it as he goes to Google and types in the question. So I think there was like, on the, on the actual documentary, it was like three to 4,000 in the wild, up mm. to 20,000 in the United States. <laughs> that's, that's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. And it oh. just, it just, it does like a pinpoint on all the tiger facilities. And then he, he basically encounters like a breed of a huge breeder. And he's, the dude has 227 tigers on his property. And it's, it's right. so crazy. That's insane. It's so crazy. Because <laughs> you think of tigers being in like these remote locations, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but in reality, most of them are in Oklahoma. Yeah. And like <laughs> 10 or so years ago, a dude in Ohio had um, a bunch of animals on his property. Uh, and he opened the gate and then shot himself. And there were, this was a small rural town and people were like, I think I just saw a panther across the road. Like, I I don't know if I, my drink got spiked or something. And there were, there were grizzly bears, there were lions, there were tigers all throughout the town. That's insane. That is insane. The ultimate mayhem move by that guy. The ultimate mayhem. 
Did they go into detail about like how the law enforcement reacted to that? Like they they did like a yeah they show a little bit of it like how the sheriff's just like you can tell he's just like so shook by it in his press conference he's like he's like yeah there were like fifteen <laughs> tigers and like they had to I don't know how but they killed I think they killed them all and like they lined up the animals and it was just, it looked like a, a zoo, like a, yeah. And they were just unleashed <laughs> upon the town. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Yeah. I wonder if legislation became a thing after that. Well, you'll find in the documentary, that's what Carol's whole uh, goal is to pass legislation so that you don't uh-huh. breed. You're not allowed to breed tigers for, your own profit basically because what these guys would do is breed tigers and then you can make like i don't know one guy said yeah i can make a hundred grand on just one tiger cub um for pictures and play time with people and right yeah so she's trying to stop that but meanwhile you see how crazy she is as well and how everybody hates her in the tiger community. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> the tiger community. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's a crazy world. Oh, we started yeah. this podcast talking about conspiracy theorists and now we're talking about a guy that owns uh hundreds of tigers. Yep. Man, what a world. This is America though, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you don't love yeah, it, leave check it. that out. Yeah, clearly. That's where it's, it, that's uh, imprinted on my gun. Yeah. So surprised it isn't also tattooed. Oh, that's when you. I give that $1,200. <laughs> that's going to be written in barbed wire across my bicep. Bar- barbed wire. That's why I've been blasting arms lately. <laughs> Kyle's taking his uh his iron iron skillet. Yeah. Just 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 doing curls with it. You can find anything around the house to do weights. That's right, folks. (laughs) Be proactive here, guys. Oh I can tell you powerlifters and bodybuilders are Dying. dying right now dying it's the coronavirus is not killing them it is at least not directly but indirectly it is because they are losing their goods (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but now they can be more flexible (laughs) practice (laughs) yoga now yeah I'm i'm sure that'll be their first priority because when you tack on mass, you sacrifice flexibility. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess, honestly, though, if your muscle bellies are massive, like you're on steroids and stuff, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm talking there's about. only so much flexibility that, that can, that you can do. There's only so much yoga and, <laughs> and stretching that you can do. That's like gonna, prime Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Prime Ronnie Coleman, <laughs> Ronnie Winkler, and Jay Cutler, and all them. Yeah, those guys are. Ugh. 
Yeah. That's that's a whole nother level. Ronnie Coleman's basically in a wheelchair now. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Dude really fucked up his back. Yeah, I saw that. Sad, but he was like, you know, it's just what happens when you you're an absolute animal in the gym like I was. Yeah. And there wasn't <clears throat> as much, I guess, awareness about how to train properly. Which I don't know if there is a better awareness now. I would assume there is, but you're still probably doing damage to yourself at that level. Yeah, I mean, I guess the awareness is don't. If you feel pain, stop. Right. Yeah, he wouldn't do that. No, with them it was just whatever it takes to win the Olympia. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny, like. Uh, Joe Rogan was just like, yeah, just like everybody stay active and like lift weights. And one guy's like, um, nobody has weights at home like you. And he's like, oh shit. He's like, we'll get in the sauna every day. And he's like, um, not everybody has a sauna. And he's like, I don't know, get in a hot tub. And he's just like, all right, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Not everyone just has so a checked hot tub, out. Joe. <laughs> He's just like, I don't know. It's just like you, a lot of things you take for granted you can't do anymore, so you have to improvise. Totally. But obviously if you're rich, like nothing really changes because you're just going to work out in your state-of-the-art gym at home. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, even Joe is making fun of uh, Gal Gadot and – all oh, them, that was great. All those celebrities that were singing that song. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> I don't even know what the song, the lyrics are. It's just like, imagine you're dead or something. Well, it was like uh, imagine imagine you're in a by world. Um, John Lennon, and it's like, imagine oh. there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today um and it just goes on stuff like that which when he wrote it obviously he wasn't anticipating the coronavirus (laughs) 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 he just wanted people to get along but he was just saying how them celebrities singing that it's just so out of touch you know yeah yeah what well, is? It is. It, is. it <laughs> totally is. I'm glad he ripped him for it, and that you don't see him saying it anymore. But he's he's so right <clears> though. Like a lot of those celebrities, they they don't know what to do with themselves, and that's been a point that mm. I have been making for such a long time. Why the fuck do we? Why do we celebrate these celebrities? They are they are literally worse at almost everything than regu- like quote unquote regular people. Yeah. Like they act, they literally act. Yeah. That's what they do. We don't know so who you really are. Yeah, and I mean, not just that. Like they can can they can they can they fix a toilet? Can they uh, fix an oven? Like can are they handsy? Like do yeah. would they know what to do to work out? Like they they have all these people around them that <clears throat> do all these things yep. for them. Yep. So so why do we respect these people? And then now. In a, in a situation like this, the only thing that distinguishes them is the fact that they have a ton of money and they're so out of touch with reality, obviously. Well, a lot of them, maybe not all of them. But now you get a sense of like, well, they're so crazy. They want attention. They're not used to not having attention. 
that they're doing shit like this and you have actual people that are act they're really suffering i mean can you imagine playing that in a new york hospital <laughs> i know oh that <laughs> makes me feel so much better it's all I mean, about like they're always used to the camera being on them and now they're just yeah. like oh i have to make a video so people can still see me because i guess that's the most important thing is that I mean, i'm because still they're relevant sitting at home they're sitting at home they've got nothing to yeah, do like you're useless usually yeah, usually they'd be on set mm. doing a bunch of stuff, like acting and doing all their, their work that they have to do. And now they, they're literally restricted. They can't do any of that. So what are they going to do? I mean, they, they're just finding some way to get in in the limelight. And they don't have anything useful to provide. So no. <laughs> so it's, 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 so it's, it's really touch. nuts. Yeah, yeah it is. Sad. Uh, sad. Sad. That's <laughs> Trump would say. Yeah. In all caps. It's just a, ran it's just a random exclamation. Sad. Sad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Someone did a video compilation of like his first comments on the coronavirus up to now. Uh -huh. Yeah. And just, it's so insane. Because he was saying it's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing. Don't we have it under control? It's two people. It's a Chinese virus. It's a hoax. Yeah. And then it's just <laughs> yeah. like one day it's like hundred thousand people have it, and uh, we're taking it really seriously. I knew it would be serious. I, I said it would be. Yeah, like what? <laughs> Who's this guy fooling? He's still yeah. just gonna get wrecked by or he's still gonna wreck joe biden come november that's yeah, the saddest probably. part of it all yeah i um uh, i'm glad that they have uh fauci the <laughs> immunologist yeah because he seems to be providing some like i think a lot of people trust his his judgment on things <laughs> uh, yeah Anyways, yeah. So look look out for any celebrity because that's who we need to be looking to right now in these times of crisis. God, I've seen so many celebrities just on Instagram pop out of the woodwork like, I have a podcast now. Whoa, oh, this is yeah. crazy. Yeah, right. Wow, ask me questions, guys. Please ask me questions. I oh I hate that. Shut I up. I hate I hate Q and A's. Q and A's for celebrities because they don't have any. They have nothing, <laughs> nothing to provide. So you know the Q and A is just going to be like, oh, what's your favorite song yeah. and stuff like that. It's all about them. Yeah. But if you do a Q and A with like I don't know a plumber. Like, you're going to ask them, like, hey, how would you deal with this kind of situation? Right. You get information out of them. But with a celebrity, you can't get jack shit out of yeah. them because it's all going to be about them. Fuck them. I know. It's so... Uh, the dude from The Office, uh, Jim from The Office started... John Kraginski. I'm not even going to say his stupid name because he started <laughs> the podcast today. Just, to, just so people let me... Just make sure you know I'm still alive, like... The good news. We show, know. Whatever it was. <laughs> we know. God. 
Mind your own business. <laughs> Shit. Only person I care about doing like a live thing would be like Jocko Willink or like David Goggins. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see David's uh, video of him like doing uh, like front raises with an axe? <laughs> Sledgehammer. <laughs> Sledgehammer. I, I just randomly saw that on my feed. I was like, the fuck is this dude doing? <laughs> He's just talking casually while he's just oh, lifting no. a sledgehammer and an axe at the same time. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny though. Yeah. He's just he's just calmly like answering a question yeah. as he's doing it. <laughs> oh man. Keeping it real though. Keeping it real indeed. And we hope you guys keep it real out there as well. That's right, folks. <laughs> what, what one cheap price of thirty nine ninety nine, and you guys can ask us one question yeah. about us. You get the behind the scenes footage and a Q and A live. Uh, oh yeah. Well, you want to finish it off here? Sounds good. That sounds fantastic to me as well we hope that well i'll speak for myself kyle doesn't give a shit about you but i care about you so mm -hmm. i hope that you stay safe and don't get coronavirus I actually do know somebody who Whoa. has coronavirus uh they they were just diagnosed yesterday they actually have the flu and coronavirus so and we're gonna have them on next week you know, I could. Maybe. I don't know. I will ask them if they would be willing to, for to science. come on. Be yeah, noble. For, well, sure. For science on the Homespun <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, catch you next week. Later. <laughs>